Amen. Thank you, my brother. Great job as always. What a powerful uh, song that is. Thank you so much for just allowing the Lord to use you, leading us into the presence of God through praise and worship. What a great thing that is tonight. Um, so thankful that all of you decided to join us for a Wednesday night Bible study. Thank you for making this study of the Word of God a priority in your life. I cannot wait to share with you what the Lord has shared with me. And I believe with everything in me that if you're ready to hear from the Lord, he's certainly ready to speak to you. And so uh, this evening we'll be back in the book of Romans for our Wednesday night Bible study. We go through a book of the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And right now we find ourselves in the book of Romans chapter number 7. Last week, if you remember, we talked about John chapter number 8. And, uh, and I still believe that the best commentary on the Word of God is the Word of God itself. And so... Some great commentary on Romans chapter 7 certainly comes from John chapter 8. and That really lays the foundation for what we're going to be talking about tonight. And we'll see that in just a moment. Now in Romans chapter number 6, we were there the last time we were together. And we found out that the Apostle Paul began talking to us about sanctification. And what sanctification truly is for the believer. He began in the book of Romans talking about justification, what it means to be made right. He spent Romans 3, Romans 4, and most of Romans chapter 5 talking about how we are justified by grace through faith. And what a powerful truth that is. We are made right um, by God because of the finished work of Jesus when we as believers choose to place our faith in Him. What uh, a great truth that is, and we're so thankful for that according to the Word of God. And then he began talking to us about what it means to be sanctified, what it means to be uh, cleaned up and set apart for the purpose of God. That's what sanctification really is. And we found out from Romans chapter number 6 that the believer is sanctified positionally at the moment of conversion. That means we go from being uh, outside of Christ to being in Christ. Let me read to you just one verse, and it comes from the book of Ephesians. Keep your place in, in Romans chapter 7, but listen to what Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 3 says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So Paul says that every believer has been blessed with all spiritual blessings because we are in Christ as opposed to being outside of Christ. We are now in Christ, the Bible says. The Bible tells us in Romans, or excuse me, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 6 that he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So the believer is no longer outside of Christ in sin. The believer who's placed their faith in Jesus, the Bible says their sins have been forgiven and now we are placed in Christ. Now what does it mean to be in Christ? Well, we could spend a, a whole lot more time than we have tonight talking about what it means to be in Christ. But I want to sum it up for you in a way that a dear brother in Christ once told me. He said to be in Christ means that we are made partakers of all Christ is, all Christ has, and all Christ does. I love that. And that's certainly what I believe it means to be in Jesus, to be in Christ. So we are positionally sanctified, put in Christ. Christ is put in us at the moment of 
conversion. But now listen, that process of sanctification continues throughout our lives by practical sanctification. That happens each and every day. That happens as we grow to become more and more and more like Jesus. The process began at the moment of conversion, but continues throughout our lives. And it continues by work of the Holy Spirit as God the Holy Spirit convicts us and also through the application of the Word of God. As we find out what we are supposed to be by God's Word, then God the Holy Spirit by His power enables us to become what we see in God's precious truth. And so it's, we're practically sanctified. We become more and more and more like Jesus as we rest in and rely upon Him um, by His precious Word and also through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so sanctification is the process whereby the believer is cleaned up and set apart so that we might be used for the purpose of God. Paul continues that here in Romans chapter number 7. And he begins to deal with the Christian's relationship to the law. And we're going to see uh, what I want to look at tonight is the first 14 verses. And I'm just going to read that for you and then we'll come back and look uh, and all that we can we can get out of that. Look look in Romans chapter seven, starting in verse number one. It says, "Know ye not, brethren?" Now, when he says "brethren," we know that he's talking to the believer. He says, "Know ye not, brethren?" Um, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he lives. He says in verse two, "For the woman which hath uh, an husband is bound by the law to her husband." So long as he liveth, but if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. Verse number three says, So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. Now I love this verse. He says we have died to the law because we, remember, have made, been made partakers of all Christ is, all Christ does, and all Christ has. And, and he, he's already told us in Romans chapter 6 that when Jesus died, his death had my name on it. Can you say amen? Listen, when Jesus died, my old man died with him. Now it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ lives in me and lives through me according to Galatians chapter 2 and 20. Let's go on. He says, Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another. You should be joined to another in covenant relationship, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. So what Paul is really telling us here is that once we've been born again, we've died to the law so that we might be uh, raised up to walk in the newness of life with the Lord Jesus. And then he says in verse 5, for when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law that being dead wherein we were healed that we should serve in newness of spirit. I love that. We now serve in the newness of spirit or in the power of God the Holy Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Verse 7, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? He says, God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, 
except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. concupiscence excuse me. For without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. For sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me and by it slew me. Wherefore, the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. So Paul says, there's nothing wrong with the law. The problem is not with the law. We find the problem in us. The law reveals our sinfulness. And we'll get back to that in just a moment. Let's go on. He didn't, then he says something in verse 13. Was then that which is good made death unto me, God forbid, but sin that it might appear sin working death in me by that which is good that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. Paul wants us to know by inspiration of the Holy Spirit just how sinful sin is. Just how wicked sin is. Verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Thank you so much, Lord, for loving us. Lord, I'm so thankful tonight that uh, we've died to the old man. That, Lord, we are made partakers of all you are, all you've done, and all you have. And Lord, I'm so thankful tonight that your death had my name on it. When I place my trust in you, um, I can reckon myself dead to the old man so that I might walk in the newness of life. Lord, help us to see tonight that it's not about legalistic rule keeping that's going to please you and make us more holy or more spiritual. But Lord, help us to see this evening, it's by your grace we are motivated to serve because of love. Lord, show us what your word teaches right here in, in, in your precious Bible. Give us your truth that changes our lives by your power. Lord, I can do nothing in and of myself. Lord, this is not about me. I'm asking that you move me out of the way and you use me tonight so that I might effectively share your truth uh, with people so that their lives might be changed, so that our lives might be changed. Lord, I'm praying that you do your work that only you are capable of. For these things we're going to praise you, for you alone are worthy. In Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen. Now there's two things that the Bible teaches us here in Romans chapter 7, these first 14 verses. First of all, we see the authority of the law in these first six verses. And the Bible tells us plainly here that we, before Jesus, we're certainly under the law. And he gives us an object lesson. And the object lesson he gives is um, the, the object lesson of marriage. He starts in verse number one. He says, Know ye not, brethren, that how that the law saith, hath dominion over man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the household, the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. Now I want you to get a hold of this. Listen. In Romans chapter number 6, Paul deals with one extreme. It's amazing to me how it's almost, I believe it's human nature for us to go to the extreme one way or the other. In Romans chapter 6, Paul deals with the idea that if we are saved by grace, then it don't matter how we live. That idea is called license to sin. 
And he deals with that. And he pretty much says in Romans chapter 6 that, uh, that God forbid that we who are dead to sin should live any longer therein. So what he's saying is, you are saved by grace, but if you've really been saved by grace, it's going to show up in how you live your life. You just can't go out and live in a way that pleases the flesh anymore because you're dead to the flesh. And so he deals with license to sin in, uh, in Romans chapter 6. But in Romans chapter 7, there's another extreme that he deals with, and it's legalism. He, he deals with the problem of legalism, and believe me, the problem of legalism was a problem in Paul's day, but it's certainly a problem today. Now, what do I mean when I say legalism? Legalism is the idea that you or I can please God by keeping a set of rules or, 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 or regulations. It's the idea that we can become holy and more spiritual simply because we check off uh, the list as we do or don't do certain things. And so Paul uh, deals with that, the legalistic viewpoint that, listen, you've got to do this and don't do that uh, so that you can be made right with God. That completely tears down the idea that we are saved by God's amazing grace. And it keeps us from actually living a life uh, of liberty motivated by love. And so uh, listen how he puts this. He says, first of all, the old man who were in sin before Jesus, they were under the authority of the law. That's how he makes it clear by using the object lesson of the marital relationship. Verse number three. So then if while her husband lives, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another. So what he's saying is, while we were in sin before Jesus, we were under the authority of the law. We were um, just like the, 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 the woman would be under the authority of her husband in, in, in this marriage. Now, he paints the picture of a woman being married to Mr. Law. Now, what would it be like to be married to Mr. Law? The woman might think at first glance that she really caught her uh, a good catch, that Mr. Law is perfect, that he does everything right, and she would be right in believing that because the law is perfect. The law does do everything right. But let me tell you what also Mr. Law is. He's very rigid. I mean, he's the type of husband that would say to his wife, um, listen, you've got to do this and you can't do that and you must do this over here, but certainly don't do that. And so he leaves for work in the morning and he gives her a list of do's and he gives her a list of don'ts. And she tries very hard all day long to do what her husband says and don't do uh, what he says that she shouldn't do. But when he comes back in that, that evening, he comes to find out that she's failed in some way. And him being very rigid lets her know all of her shortcomings. And so before before long, she begins to see she don't want to be buried to a perfect man. Why? Because she knows she's not perfect. Now that is the picture Paul is painting for all of us. While we were under the law in sin, and we'll see how that works in just a moment, we begin to find out there was nothing wrong with God's perfect law. The, the, the problem was we couldn't keep God's perfect law. I couldn't keep it, and you couldn't keep it. And no matter how hard we try in our own power, we're never going to be able 
to do enough to measure up to God's perfect standard. And so before long, the woman says, you know what? I, I'm ready to get out of this marriage. I no longer want to be married to Mr. Law. And so she says, I know what I can do. I can wait on him to die. But the problem is, when it comes to the law of God, Jesus said it would be easier for the heaven and earth to pass away than for one jot or one tittle of the law to fail. When he's talking about the jot and the tittle, he's talking about the accent marks that were placed over the word. He said, not only is the word itself not going to fail, but even the accent marks, it's going to stand. That's how powerful, that's how perfect, that's how eternal God's law is. So the woman begins to understand, I'm never going to get out of this marital relationship by Mr. Law dying. So the only way she can be set free of the law is if she dies. Now, Paul deals with that in verse number four. Watch what he says. Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law, watch, by the body of Christ. Now, how did we get out from under the authority of the law. Well, I'll tell you how. Because when we placed our faith in Jesus, we were positionally sanctified. We went from being outside of Christ to being in Christ. And being in Christ means we are made partakers of all Christ has, all Christ is, and all Christ does. So his death had my name on it. When Jesus died for me on the cross, listen, I reckon my old man to have died with him. I am now dead to the law. Let, let's go back and read something. Go back with me to Romans chapter 6. And let's just read these first 10 verses again to refresh our memory because that's really where a lot of this is coming from. He says in Romans chapter 6, verse number 1, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. Does everybody see that in verse number 6? Our old man is crucified with him. I have died to the old man. The law no longer has authority in my life because the old man's dead. Just like the analogy, the object lesson Paul uses with the marital relationship, the only way that's really broken is when one party dies. So he says, I have died to the law. The old man is crucified with Jesus that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For that is dead, is freed from sin. See that? It's freed from sin, therefore it's freed from the law, for the law brings power to sin. He goes on and says, verse number 8, 
Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more, no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he lives unto God. You need to see the authority of the law um, as Paul outlines it for us in these first three verses. Before Jesus, law had authority over us. But you need to see according to verses 4 and 5, we are dead to the law. Death brings deliverance from the authority of the law in our lives. We're dead to it. Now, just like death brings deliverance, the Spirit brings liberty. Look at verses 5 and 6. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. Verse 6 says, But now ye are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in the newness of spirit. Now, when Paul is saying we are dead to the law, he's not saying that we should live lawless lives. He's not saying that we should just go out and live uh, in whatever way pleases this so sinful nature, this so sinful flesh. That's not what he's saying. What he is saying is that when we died to the law, listen, our motivation for serving the Lord is now different. I no longer try to serve God so that I can keep up with a set of do's and don'ts and mark them off the do's that I do and mark off the don'ts that I don't do. That's, the, that's what, what he's saying. What he's saying is now I'm motivated to serve God, listen, by the power of the Spirit and because I love him. He, he's really, I think, talking about the difference between religion and relationship. Like we spoke of last week. John chapter 8, Jesus talks to a bunch of Jews that had religion up to their eyeballs, but they did not have relationship with God the Father. And so he pretty much says everything changes by how you, you view the world, how you serve God. Everything changes when you have a right relationship with God. And Paul says here, when we have a right relationship with God, our motivation for serving Him changes. It's no longer something we have to do to keep up with a set of rules and regulations, but now it's something I get to do. Why? Because I love Him. Because I know He loves me. And all of that's made possible by the power of the Spirit. I'm not serving in the oldness of the letter just because it's a set of rules. I serve God and I please God by the power of the Spirit motivated by love. And that's where true freedom is found in the Christian walk, in the Christian life. We're dead to the law because we are made partakers of all Christ is, all Christ has, and all Christ does when he died his death had my name on it i'm no longer under the law i've been delivered from the law death means deliverance but spirit and he now gives me the person the holy spirit brings me life and liberty and i'm now motivated to serve by love 
We need to see the authority of the law in these first six verses, but you also need to see the ministry of the law in verses 7 through 13. Look with me what the Bible says um, in verse number 7, 8, and 9. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? That's a good question. Is the law sinful? No, the law's perfect. The law's holy. The law's righteous and just and good. There's nothing wrong with God's law. But what the law certainly does, it shows me how sinful I am. Shows you how sinful you are. The law arouses sin in our life. Look how he puts it. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I have not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, taking occasion by commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. Uh, for without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. So what's he telling us? The law showed me my sinfulness. Nothing wrong with the law, something wrong with me. So the ministry of the law is to show us our sin. To show us how much we need the Lord. Look at verse number 10. And the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. For sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me, and by it slew me what's it mean when it says the law slew him it showed him how dead he was amen let, let me give you another verse take your bibles turn with me galatians chapter 2 one of my favorite verses galatians 2 and verse number 21 Galatians chapter 2, Let, let's start off with um, verse number 16. He says this, Knowing that a man is not justified by works of the law, but by faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by faith of Christ and not by works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So let me ask you something. Why can no flesh be justified by works of the law? Is it because the law is sinful? Is it because the law is unholy? No. It's because we can't keep the law. No matter how hard, how hard we try. So we can never be justified. We can never be made right by works of the law because in our flesh we are weak. We are sinful. And that law reveals our sinfulness. Verse 17. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners. Is therefore Christ made the minister of sin? God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. 
So what he's saying is, the law showed me just how sinful I was. I'd have never known my sinful condition without God's precious standard. I'd never known how far, far I fell short if I didn't know what the standard was. <laughs> the law reveals that carnal, sinful nature that we all have. If you don't believe me, just put a law up somewhere. I was uh, walking through um, uh, another district where I work at, um, or I don't work there regularly. I was just visiting down in Tuscaloosa the other day, and I walked past a sign that said, wet paint, do not touch. And as I walked past that sign that said, wet paint, do not touch, I looked a little bit more closely above the sign, and guess what I saw? Handprints. And it's amazing to me that when a law is given, our sinful nature is revealed because we want to rebel against that. Whoever had read the sign before I had walked through saw the law given and automatically that sinful nature caused rebellion against that law. The same is true for my little ones. I remember when they was little and I told them uh, not to touch a hot stove or a hot heater. What's the first thing they wanted to do? They wanted to touch it. If I told them not to play in the street, what's the first place they would go? Straight toward the street, straight toward the road. Why? Because that reveals the sinful nature that we all had. That we all had until we died to the old man. And we had to continually die to the old man day by day so that we may live in a way that's pleasing to the Lord. Look at verse number 11, Romans chapter 7. For sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me and by it slew me. The law shows us just how spiritually dead we are, just how much we need the Lord. Verse 12 says, Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy and just and good, was then that which is good made death unto me, God forbid, but sin that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. See, we need to understand just how bad sin is. Today, we just want to cover up our sin, our wickedness, by calling it a mistake. But the truth is, God says sin is wicked. And the sin that we sometimes cover up and the sin that we sometimes justify is the sin that put Jesus on a cross. The law, God's perfect holy standard, its ministry is to show us just how wicked sin truly is. Listen to me, folks. We don't have a license to sin because we are under grace. Paul said, God forbid. How can we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? But also, we need to understand we are not to be so legalistic that we miss out on the liberty we have in Jesus by the power of the Spirit that motivates us to serve God because of love and not because of the letter of the law.
And so Romans chapter 7 is really dealing with the difference between religious activity and a vibrant relationship with the God who loves you. Now, let me ask you this. Do you ever find it hard as a believer who has been crucified with Christ, who is dead to the authority of the law, do you ever find it hard to live in a way that's pleasing unto the Lord? Do you ever feel like there's a struggle going on on the inside? You know what you want to do, but you don't do it. You've got a desire to please God, but even though you have that desire to please God, you still find yourself falling short. Me too. And I'm going to tell you something. If, you, if that's you, if you say, yeah, that's me, that's where I find myself a lot, that struggle to do what I know to be right, but then I don't do it. Well, we're all in good company. Because the Apostle Paul also had that struggle. And next week, Lord willing, Romans chapter 7, we'll finish up verses 15 through verse number 25. We'll look at the struggle of the saints, the struggle that Paul had and the struggle that we have. And um, man, that's such a blessing to me. And I hope and pray that it will be to you as well. Let me pray for you. Father God, again, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for uh, all of your many blessings. Lord, I'm so thankful tonight that um, we have died to the old man so that we might walk in the newness of life, not through our power, but through your power, Holy Spirit. Lord, I I'm thankful that um, our relationship to you is not legalistic. It's not about keeping a set of rules and regulations. It's about serving you because we love you. It's not about religious activity, but a vibrant relationship we can have with you if we trust in you, Lord Jesus. I'm asking you, Lord, to make this truth real to us all and help us to serve not because we have to, but because we get to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.